last week, if you guys were here, um, if you weren't here, it's okay. I talked a little bit about what the Lord's doing in me with the vision, vision of this church and with Pastor Zach and Pastor Justin and the deacons. And um, the Lord started me down this road of family. You guys have seen that. That's why we did the meals. And I think it's why it exploded. I think that people were just, they want to eat, but we, we love each other and loved getting to know each other. It grew every single week. Um, but the missing piece, I think that as, as the Lord was stirring in me, uh, vision of family is the purpose of family. Purpose of family within the walls of the home, and then what our purpose is to go out. And I was even talking to my staff today about raising my children, that it's um, part of family and part of our role, Elizabeth and my role, is to teach them is to provide for them, is to clothe them, is to feed them, is to prepare them, and then it, and then they have to go out. They have to then go out. Uh, even as young people, they have to go out and handle themselves and be able to handle situations and handle people's attitudes and handle teachers and teachers handle them and how to respect teachers. And you can kind of see the, the, the picture of family. Well, I think we have that same picture here. Um, of family is that we come in here for a reason, and it's, it is to, to link together as a body. We are to link together. We have a purpose. We have a part. You, have a, you not only have a part to play in the body, but you also are gifted in a certain area that not everyone is gifted in. Uh, some have gifts. Uh, I will just tell you, um, some have obvious gifts. Some don't have as obvious gifts, but everyone has a gift. Everyone has a gift that is for the purpose of church. Everyone, you have a purpose for church, individual purpose. You also have a part to play. So, again, if I, it is my desire that uh, we start um, as a body to look at when we come into church for the purpose of family, what that means as family, and part of family is that if someone's hurting, we help them. Have you ever sat at the dinner table and you didn't realize someone was hurting, but it doesn't take long. You won't get up. You'll know it. We've got a family of uh, six, and sometimes you would think, oh, we've got some kids that are old, uh, louder than others, some of them that are kind of the mouth of the family. We have two that are that way. And others that are different parts, but the mouth sometimes dominate, right? But I can tell you, regardless of whether that those two are talking, we, we're close enough we can identify when one of the non-talkers are hurting. That's what family is. That's why we come in close. That's why we get around a dinner table and we eat together, because we start to learn what's the problem. Okay, we find out the problem, and our kids don't leave the table until we come up with some type of plan for dealing with that. We have some exit strategy, some strategy, even as simple. I mean, I know we don't sit here and, ooh, we need an exit strategy. I don't do that. But you have a problem. What is it? Okay, let's start to talk, talk it out. And a lot of times the other kids will chime in and say, oh, I've been through that. This is what you need to do. Or they wind up getting in their bedrooms together and talking it out amongst themselves. That, that's family. It doesn't all have to be settled at the table. Our problems are not going to be settled personally in the sanctuary. Right? They're going to be settled 
around coffee. They're going to be settled walking in. They're going to be settled sitting down and looking at each other and talking and going away from here and eating together and, and functioning together. But also a part of the church's role is to disciple, is for us to learn the things we need to learn so that we can go out and be effective. God did not say go into all nations and drag them to church. He did not say that. But he did say to go and to do. He said to take care of the widows and orphans. He said to feed, this, to feed the hungry, to help to heal the sick. He gave us a lot of these commands, but he also said go and preach the good news. Who? The preachers? You. Disciples. The disciples of Christ. He was talking to the 12. You. Go preach the good news. He also said in Matthew 28, go and make disciples, teaching them to obey my commands. So you guys know that's where we were last week, okay? So what I'm desiring is a culture shift that when we come to church, we come to church for a purpose. We come to church because we are stronger with two than we are with one. It says to don't neglect the assembly of the saints. I don't think it's exactly worded that way. Don't stop coming. Keep coming. Be a part of the body. You are a part. So we plug in. We come in here and we get to know each other and we help each other and we grow. We disciple one another. I've come in here. The reason I want you to talk is because I want to learn too. I'm being discipled as well as you're being discipled. I promise you, I'm being discipled so much right now. The Lord's showing me how much I don't know. And it's a lot. It's, embar- it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. I get embarrassed easy when I realize how dumb I am. <laughs> I'm not dumb. I'm smart. I am, I've got the mind of Christ. But boy, there's a, there's a big gap. Yes, Judy. Yeah, that, that, you know, that is the uh, paradox of God. We are weak. Yeah, yeah. When I'm weak, he is strong, and uh, the last will be first. There are so many backwards things, and when we humble ourselves, and it says that when we acknowledge our need, you know, it's just this backwards thinking. It is not the way the world thinks. So, Again, what I'm trying to say is when we come into church, it is with these, ro- these glasses of this is the purpose of church. I'm coming in here to connect. I'm coming in here to help. I'm coming in here to serve in my place. I have a place. I'm coming in here to serve, and I'm coming in here to learn for a purpose. I'm learning to be able to help my own life and my own walk and my discipleship of Christ, but also to equip myself to go out from here because church starts when we leave our part starts my kids life really gets going when they go out and start to function in their life our time at the dinner table lasts an hour this time in church is small compared to your life so if we can It is my desire that we begin to shift our culture of our attitude toward church. And as we grasp the true meaning of what God's church is, we're not going to worry about these dumb details of the carpet color. And we don't really have that problem here, but 
the color of the tile, the temperature of the the temperature. Anybody? Don't t- I don't want to ask him one if they're cold. Nona Sue, wear a jacket. Uh, <laughs> summer hot, summer cold. I don't care where I put it. No one's happy. I mean, that's just, huh? Yeah, yeah. That you can shed or you can put back on. Okay. So the purpose of tonight is discipleship of ourself and to be equipped to go out. So tonight I want to just start with John chapter 1, and I'm going to read a little bit of it and then talk. And I would like, if, and if I can encourage you, next Wednesday, stay in John chapter 1. It's got 50 verses in it. I don't think there's any way I get through that tonight. So study what we're studying. In your normal Bible study, do that. But before you come in next Wednesday night, just, just uh, can I say graze over? Is that a dumb word? It's just skim over John chapter 1. It is the gospel. It is Jesus speaking. It is the good news. It will begin to equip you to reach someone for Christ. Amen? All right, John chapter 1. I love this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He was. Try to to pick up on every word. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So, as I am asking the Lord to show me my intent of even going to John chapter 1, I've, I've personally, you, you, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow my mind. It probably won't blow yours. But I've stopped reading the one-year Bible. I have done it since uh, 2000, 2000. Yeah, I started just a hair sooner, 2000. And I've never stopped. I've done it 16 years. And it's more of a dying to myself and my own plan that the Lord took me to John chapter 1. And just, I've just, just tried to study it. So that's why I'm there. And I'm also there because of this drive that the Lord's put in me to be able to share the gospel and to take Matthew 28. So I started with John chapter 1. That's why I'm here. Um, and it's been so hard for me to change my schedule. That may sound so silly, but it is almost impossible. You know, you know, and you do. I didn't, I didn't tell anyone. I don't tell you everything. Uh, vacation. God can move. <laughs> My fear is that I get off track and I I wind up not doing it. That's why the one year works for me. So I've got to really work hard to find this plan. So in the beginning was the word. Now we're going to see in just a little bit. I don't I don't want to spoil I don't spoiler alert. If you want to plug your ears, I hate it when someone tells me what's going to happen in a movie. I hate it, and I'll tell you. Stop talking. Don't tell me. And I mean, don't tell me what's going to happen in the movie. Uh, and everybody's like, well, chill. You, you could have said that differently. Yeah, but you won't shut up. 
But we're going to see that Jesus is the Word. So it says that in the beginning was the Word. So many in the church believe that Jesus did not show up until he was born. And that's not the case. The Word was in the beginning. Jesus is the Word. It was Jesus who created by his Word. And it says that the Word is God. Now, what, what I start to see here, what, what the Lord was showing me, and it says, it says so much here. He was in the beginning with God. With is, he, there was more than one. He was with God. The Word was with God. The part of Jesus is the Word. Plus, he was in the flesh. We're going to see that in just a minute. All that was made was through him. And nothing that was made, uh, and, and without him, nothing was made. In him was life, and the life, of, and life was the light of men. What this shows me is, is such a simple way for me to reach someone for Christ is by the Word. I can give someone the Word, and I don't even have to say it, you're a sinner and you need Jesus, turn your heart to Jesus. No, I can just open up the Word and give them the wisdom of the Word. And when I give them the wisdom of the Word, I am giving them light. I am giving them hope. Jesus is hope. He is joy. He is love. And when I give them the Word, when, even when you, when you and I are sitting here talking now, I am giving you light. Now John's going to say, I'm not that light Christ is. I'm not that light. I am not Christ, but I have Christ, and he has given me authority to give you that light. Do you see that, that when I'm just sitting, and if, if Cody and I go, Cody and I went to lunch together a couple years ago. We went and ate Mexican food. We went and ate El Tap and Sparta. And if all I will do is offer him scriptural wisdom, I am discipling you, I am giving you light, I am giving you hope, I am giving you Jesus. Even though it doesn't have the package of, hey, I'm giving you a package of Jesus. Because a lot of people would run from that. I don't, I don't have to package it that way, I can just give you the word. Can you see that my equipping today is I don't have to give a three-point sermon to someone and a salvation message. I just need to give them the word. If I give them the word, I'm giving them Jesus. Now, sometimes people need that straightforward walk into salvation. But a lot of the time, I just need to give them Jesus. And I can do that by giving them the word. Because the, the word brings light and the darkness can't comprehend it. You sit down with the strongest atheist, agnostic, Satan worshiper, and I will tell you, you will drive the darkness away. You won't. I have no ability to drive Satan off. But because of the authority he has given me by his word, I can. You can come in here with the biggest demon ever, and it's okay. I've got more than you've got. I can take it. We know what to do with that. But I must give the word. If I give my word, it's going to be bad. Anybody here ever tried to fix a problem with your word? Doesn't go well. When I use his word, 
He does his thing. And something that my dad uh, once told me is I'm not responsible for the result. I'm not the Savior. I'm responsible to do his word. He says to make disciples and teach them to obey his commands. That's my part. Obey the command. Do my part. He is the one responsible for what he is the one watching over his word, waiting to perform it. So if I will do his word, if I will give the, the word, Peter, uh, silver and gold have I none, but what I have, I give to you. The Lord's given me the authority to lay hands on you and to, to see the sick recover. I believe if we can grasp the intention of church, the miracles described for the church will show up again. As long as it's not going to be a social event, just to have, just let's have a good time. And, but we do the intention of God that God gave us in His Word for His church. The miracles of God are going to come back. Amen. Any thoughts? Thought you raised your hand, Mark. Let me keep going. Offering the Word offers Jesus. And it says that all scripture is inspired by God. Offers life, offers light, defeats darkness. So, offer the word. Let's keep going. Verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. Now, I want to stop just a minute. I've I've got so many thoughts in my heart. Um... I believe that, that we all are to be a witness. Now, sometimes we read about people in the Bible, and maybe your calling does not fit that person exactly. I think so many times we try to make everybody into everything. Yeah, you should be David and go kill Goliath. Yeah, you should be John and be, you should be Moses and be that prophet. You should be this, and you should, yeah, he did this, so I should do that. And he, well, over the last two days, with the funeral and with the things that we walked through, uh, we were flooded with people. I'm sorry you're here. I hope I don't get emotional. But we were flooded with people. And I told a handful of people, I pastor a church, and I don't know that I will ever have the impact on this city that my dad had. And you know what the Lord showed me is, dad had a calling. I have a calling. We're not competing with each other. Dad, had, dad was an influencer. Um, there is just something about my mom and dad that uh, isn't necessarily who I am. I'm different. I've got a different calling. I've got, a, I've got different talents. Now, if you heard my sermon yesterday, I am in my father and my father is in me. I can't shake him. I've tried. Mannerisms and expressions. Elizabeth said, oh, that's the expression your dad uses. And then I try to shake it, and I'm like, uh, but we're not the same person. And he, he, he was incredibly gifted to reach people, uh, reach people in the business world, reach people in the, in the kingdom world. And I think, I've read a story about, um, I don't know how to share this, it's, a, it's basically about animals trying to do things they weren't called to do, like a uh, uh, 
Yeah, trying to teach a Boston Terrier to play fetch. They'll go get it. They'll tear it up, but they won't bring it back. And you can keep trying and keep trying and keep trying, but they just won't do it. And when they know they don't please you, they get so sad. But they just can't do that. But it was a a story about a a rabbit and a duck and maybe, anyway, the, the rabbit was trying to swim better and the duck was trying to run better and so the rabbit quit running and was trying to swim, and no matter what, he kept sinking. You know, we're just called differently. Anybody here ever tried to serve in an area that you were not called to serve in? You, didn't need, you had no business being in it? Those are bad moments. You just kind of white-knuckle it and hope you survive and don't kill anybody and can get out of it. But when you find yours, it's just awesome. So... We see here with John being a witness, you are all called to be a witness. Um, But you are also called in specific areas. And I really had a peace on myself seeing all these people. At first, I'm like, how could I ever do what he did? I can't. And I wanted to go in a hole. I literally, uh, Satan was trying to say, "Look look how, look what you are and look what he was. And all of a sudden, the Lord's like, no, 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 that's your daddy. Look what he did. Look what he did. And I can do in you something great too, but you're not him. Don't try to be him. You be you. I made you completely unique, just like you are on purpose, for a purpose. So, as we see John here, came to be a witness to bear the light that all through him might believe. I like this part. He was not that he was not that light, capital L, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light. Now catch this, even though it says that he was not that light, it is that light that is given to every every man. So, I kind of see that vision of that candle that we can I have a candle, I have a light. I did not supply the light. God supplied the light. We're all a candle that needs to be lit right? I carry that light, but I was not the one that lit it, but I do have it, and I can give it to you, and when I give it to you, it doesn't diminish my light. I'm not giving a portion of my stuff. I'm giving you what I have, and the Lord does not take away from what I have. He lets me keep it to give it again, but that's what I have. I have light. Does everybody remember what the light is? The light is that word. The light is Jesus. The light is the spirit of God. The light is the body of of Christ. We are the light. We have, we're not that light. We're not the healer. He is, but we have his authority to do his stuff. The church, again, focusing on what the church's plan is, what our plan is. He was in that world. He was in the world. And the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but God. Do you catch that? It's not your blood. It's not through your will. It's not through your ability. It's through God. And he gave you that right to be his child. How? 
by believing, by receiving that light, by, some, by being able to say, okay, I'm going to let you light my candle. And I'm going to receive that word that you just gave me. And I'm going to walk it. I'm going to believe it. To those who received him, his word, his light, to them he gave the right to become children of God. I just, that's what I just said. <laughs> to those who received him, received what? His word, his light. Again, remember Jesus Christ in the flesh is no longer here. What we have is we have his spirit. That's what I have to offer you. I have the spirit of Christ to offer you. I have his word. And if you as a, not you, Judy, I look at you, but you as a lost person, do you know that the word of God will prove true in the lost as well as the believer? He's watching over his word to perform even for the lost because the lost will be won over by his word, by his spirit. So when I give godly wisdom to, to a lost person and they receive it and follow it, do you know what they're doing? They are following Christ. They just don't know it. But a seed has been sown. The spirit of God will start speaking to them. They'll start hearing voices. Like, What is that? It's good. I'm not afraid. But that word, and then they come back and say, well, what was that you gave me? Well, that was God's word. Can I give you some more? Go prove that true. And verse 14, I'm almost done. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So do you see this? And the word, capital W. Remember, this word was in the beginning. This word created all things. This word is light. This word is what John was witnessing to. This light, those that believe. This word became flesh. Jesus. This word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Verse 16. And the fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. There's great significance in that statement right there. Grace and truth came through Christ. Moses brought the law. Moses bared forth the law. But Jesus brought grace and truth. We could not fulfill the law. All it did was show us that we couldn't do it. And Jesus came and gave us grace and truth. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son who is, the bosom, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. The law came through Moses, man, but grace. Oh, I already said that. Um, 
the reason, the reason I feel like that we're here today, I don't believe that this is necessarily the, this is just a beginning for you to realize that like James chapter one, all the wisdom that is in James chapter one, that is the word that when people are hurting in business, I believe James chapter one is a great place to go. Um, I believe that all of the word, when you, what I want to do is I want to make sure I got four minutes that you can believe that when you go out of here tomorrow and you go back to school or go back to work, go back to wherever that you are and you encounter someone to consider the calling that God has on your life to make disciples. Just have the thought, whether it's construction work and I've got a great analogy I want to share with you, but I'm going to share it on Sunday, so I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I do that, and I don't want to do that. I'm just, it's a, yeah, thank you. Perfect. I won't, Aaron. Well, then I'm just giving the uh, cliffhanger, yeah, the teaser. Yeah, I can tell y'all are right on the edge of your seat. Oh. Yes, John. It is so powerful. I think also if you were to see, like if you were to go to England, uh, I guess it's England, and see some of the, the princes, the way that they act is because of who their father is. They know they have the king as their father. And that they not only have authority, but they also have the backing and the support and the army behind them. A child that is completely comfort in, in a comfortable situation with their parents is a very strong child. And when we can recognize who our daddy is, it's like, again, a, a, for a demon to show up in here, for even the, Satan himself, if we can know who we are and obey the commands of the Lord, he'll flee. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll go. But we've got to know who we are, and we've got to do the word. He, even, I can know who I am and still try to do my own thing. I can know what's right to do and not do it. I mean, that's what Paul said. I know what's right, but I don't do it. I know what I should do, but I keep doing the wrong thing. The Apostle Paul. Well, that scripture I can really relate to. But if I can know what to do and to trust enough to go ahead and do it, even though I think the consequences are going to come out wrong, dad kicks in, the authority of that word kicks in, and his promises toward that word kicks in. 
Yes. I'll have to get up. I think I have the perfect analogy for this. Um, Paul and I have for years um, taken our children to our in-laws pool and just kind of just enjoyed the pool. Um, But we didn't just enjoy the pool. We took all of our kids' friends. We had birthday parties. We had graduation parties at the pool. We had church parties at the pool. We had all kinds of things at the pool. And um, this summer, you know, Paul, Paul and Sarah were ready to move so we could see that kind of closing down. And they never opened their pool for this season, so um, we didn't have the pool anymore. And um, thank the Lord, we can be pool moochers. We've continued that up, and we're mooching off my sister's pool now. Um, <laughs> but my point in saying all of this is that Um, And my sister and husband are so generous with us and have said, come anytime, you're welcome. But you know what? I would never dream of taking my friends over to her pool. I would never dream of having my kid's birthday party at her pool. I just wouldn't do it. It's my sister. But I was thinking about how when it's your parents, and even though Paul and Sarah weren't my parents, they were my in-laws, but they're his parents, and you have this sense of, you want us and you want our kids, and you want all our friends, and so you know what? We're coming on, and it's going to be a big party, and I think that's kind of what you're saying. I hope that's what John, you're saying. John was saying too, sure. Yeah, is that it's like, don't just bring, you know, the Lord's not just looking for us, but he's saying, you know, bring your people. You know, bring them in, because I want them, and I'm hospitable, and I love them, and so just bring them all in. And um, so I I feel like um, it fits with what Justin said the other day about the cruise. You know, come on and join the party. Um, Come on and and be with Christ, be in Christ and experience this. And I mean, obviously we're all committed here tonight. Here we are on a Wednesday night. Um, But I feel like the Lord is moving on our hearts and obviously on Paul's heart that we get that we're willing to stretch our faith out and we're willing to say, come on, people, let's, let, let's, let, let me bring you to the Lord. Let me bring you to the table. Let me bring you to the, to the marriage feast. Let me bring you, because it's good. So, That's a good job. Thanks, Thank you. I took the microphone. Yeah, you're good. Uh, I'll close with this too. Also part of church, part of family, is bringing people into the family. Now, I did say it didn't say go into all nations and bring them to church, but it is part of the call of church, is to welcome people into this family, welcome the sick, the hurting, the sinner into this family. How are you welcomed in here? You didn't have it all together. You still don't have it all together, but your family. And we're not to just be a a single family that does not let people in. Eventually, that family will die. This family has to grow. And the only way it does that is by you welcoming them in. Bring, hey, friends, come swim at the pool. Hey, come and participate in this thing. It's so fun. Just wait. Just come. Just come. Hey, I can't go this weekend. That's fine. Come next weekend. I'll come pick you up. Come. So we need to get good at inviting people into the family. Uh, Because the Spirit of God is here. 
The presence of the Lord is here because he's here because he's in you. He's here because when two or more gather, he's here. And welcome people in here. Go get somebody. Invite somebody to Wednesday night. Let's not let this, let's not let this dwindle down. This is kind of old school. Wednesday night's kind of old school. A lot of churches don't do them anymore. I don't want to be that church. Thank you.